Do would you want to see Nini back on the show? I don't want to see Nini back on the Housewives of Atlanta. What I want for Housewives of Atlanta to do is either cease to exist, liquidate, <laughs> liquidate all assets, and rest in peace. Hey everyone and welcome to the Black Canvas podcast. I hope you're all doing really, really well. So this is episode 17. Welcome, 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 welcome. So again, as always, Dems, how are we feeling? How are you doing? I'm feeling good. I mean, to be fair, it's been quite a stressful week because my senior manager, uh, who I report into, the VP, the global VP of marketing, he is away and not coming back until September and Wow, um, enjoyment. Uh, yes. And the uh, <laughs> head of the marketing, uh, he's off for two weeks. So I'm basically managing the marketing team. Um and it's been quite stressful. But yeah, well, today yeah. has been a good day. I've kind of like got into like my flow of people management. Mm-hmm. Um but no, it's been a good day and I'm feeling I'm feeling good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Highlight of the week. My highlight of the week is actually today, actually, because we drum roll. <laughs> we finally got confirmation from my solicitor that we're due to complete on the house tomorrow and we'll pick up the keys tomorrow, hopefully. Hallelujah. So, thank you very much. It's been ten months of wow. trials and tribulations, but um we got there. You did. You did. I'm so I am so happy for you. I mean, those of you that are listening, you we've we've kind of spoken about this in previous episodes about the stress that it was putting you guys under. And episode 17, here we are. It's a done deal. He's collecting the keys. And I am so excited for you both because we've I've sort of had like a front row seat to this and (laughs) Like, you know, I've almost been thinking like, God, this is, I feel like it's my house now because it's just like, but I'm just, I'm just honestly like, could not be happier for you both because it's, yeah, it's been long. So yeah, congratulations, man. Can't wait. Can't wait. Pick up the keys tomorrow and then we'll probably be moving in at the weekend. So yeah, looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it too. (laughs) What about you? How are you feeling? Uh, I mean, I always feel better when we are chopping it up on the podcast. So actually, so in this moment, in this moment, I feel really good because I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today. Um, so in this moment, I'm good. More widely, yeah, I yeah, this is a very stressful time at the moment, but I am trying to really make time and focus on the things that bring me joy and also do not bring stress. And doing this podcast is definitely one of the good outlets for me. So, yeah, I'm feeling good in this moment. Um, Highlight of the week. Um, Oh, I don't know. To be honest, look, my highlight is that I'm alive. (laughs) My highlight is I'm alive and I'm here recording this podcast with you. That is my highlight. I mean, if that's a great highlight, you know, to be alive, Mm -hmm. breathing, healthy. Sometimes it is like that, but I am genuinely grateful for life and I'm grateful that we are going to have, we're going to now spend what an hour talking about, you know, one of my favourite things and that is mm-hmm. the Real Housewives mm-hmm. of Atlanta. <laughs> 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 well, 
When wow. I said the, the Real Housewives of Atlanta, we are reference. I mean, we're talking about the fact that you know Nini leaks. Yeah, <laughs> she Real Housewives of Atlanta is the house that she built, right? right. And yeah, we we do we normally have a pop uh, popular culture segment, and then Dems had the brightest idea and was like, do you know what? Actually, this interview could just be the entire episode, and we thought, do you know what? Actually. There's always shit going on in the world. And um, we had our... We, there's so many topics we could have spoken about today, but the shit will be there tomorrow. Today, right. we're going to focus on... Yeah, that will, that shit will be there tomorrow, right? So today, we're going to focus on Miss Nini Leakes. And <laughs> she, this week... So by the time this episode comes out, I think part two will have dropped. So mm, we're yeah. going to be talking about part one of the Nini Leakes interview with Carlos King. If you don't know who Carlos King is, wonderful producer. So he was actually a producer and also eventually became an exec producer of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. And mm. I actually think that when he was involved with the show, that was some of the best seasons we ever had. Oh, of course. Of course. So it's a shame that he's no longer involved. Do we know Do we know why he's no longer involved? That That I don't know. I don't know. I think it's I think as a producer it's not kind of like a done deal you might come right. back every year. Okay. I don't know. I just yeah. presume as as a producer you're kind of like you're a contract worker, right? So oh, Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, and I think when by the time he got to like what was it that he said season 6 which was like the the best viewership yeah, the um, highest ever. rated. Yeah, yeah, the highest rated in Real Housewives history. That's not just Atlanta. Yeah. That's Real Housewives history. So I think that that is actually the highest rated, like ever, as in period, like Real Housewives franchise, yeah. not just yeah. Atlanta, which is just iconic. When you think exactly. about all the other franchises that we have, um, and the fact that they were like the first, well, almost all black ensemble when they first started, that's mm. iconic. Yeah, um, and he was an exec producer uh, on that sh- on that season. That was his, his first executive producer gig. Mm-hmm. So I presume that because he got so much success from that season, that maybe he got called to do other things. You know, you yeah, make it big, yeah. and then opportunities start flying in because you've like yeah. done the good work and got really good results. So mm-hmm. yeah, I presume exactly. that's why you producers like like chop in and out of seasons or. Some mm-hmm. might just stay for, for a long period of time because they've built the connections and they're just comfortable there. So Yeah, exactly. But kudos to him, though, because he's built, like, an entire brand. He definitely has. And the so he invited... or So watching the interview, um, so his podcast is called Reality with the King, which I thought was a very appropriate name. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, I, I he, he's been in this reality TV game for a really long time. Um so apparently he's been wanting Nini to be on the podcast for a really long time and she was quite honest and just felt that it wasn't the right time. She also, when she did finally agree to be on the podcast, she was just like, it needs to be visual. And I loved that because I think that because this was such a highly requested interview, doing it in person, I think, was, was just going to always be the only way. Exactly. And it just goes to show like someone that knows their worth. It was mm-hmm. like, even she even just said, "Oh, we're not going to be doing no cute podcast on on Zoom. No, honey, we're gonna 
you're gonna make a studio, make a studio, and we're gonna go and sit in the studio and kiki and kayak. Yep, and, and that's like, and that's exactly what they did, and their was. chemistry was electric. Oh, it was so good. It was so refreshing. I honestly, we're gonna get into it properly, but it, I, I was just watching it like, oh my god, where, where has this Nini been? <laughs> like, like Dems tweeted today. He said that that interview was more entertaining than this latest season of Real Housewives, and I cannot tell you a more realer, more realer tweets I have seen in the longest time. But I want to go one step further and say I'm so sorry. Yeah, that interview was better than any of the shit we've had for the last few years. <laughs> Do you know what? You are not wrong. I I just wanted to give it the this season the benefit of the doubt because the last few seasons they have just been coasting on ever since and I've said it before ever since Bolo pulled out his thing and started swinging it around and then everyone started denying anything happened oh. that that from that episode onwards that was when everything just started to kind of just go left and then Porsche left and then it was just like well, okay, what are we going to do now? Yeah, And they haven't done much since. Literally, they've brought on people who... I, you know what? Anyway, this is, this is, this is Nini's show. We're talking, we're talking about Nini. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're going to, like, get into the interview. But, yeah, I think, like, first of all, I thought she looked amazing. Mm. I thought this she looked amazing. That's we've, we've seen her in a long time. Yeah, definitely. The hair was amazing. The makeup was done beautifully. I loved her mm-hmm. outfit. Like she looked really comfortable. Um, and as I say, I feel like the dynamic between the two of them, like you can't you can't fake that. Mm, you mm. can't fake it. And that's what made it such an enjoyable watch, is that you could it felt really genuine. Yeah. <clears throat> and I felt that Nini has actually matured quite a bit. Um mm. I, I actually appreciate the growth. Like I didn't I didn't get any bitterness vibes from her. Like I just felt that she was there telling her truth. What I loved when she said was I didn't want to do a podcast episode with you before because I just wasn't ready. And I just love that. I just love that kind of like self-awareness. Yeah. Because looking at everything that she's gone through since she left the last season that she was on, like it's clear that she wasn't ready to, you know, do like big comeback interviews or to do like tell-alls or anything because she was still going through it. You know, she's still going through the grieving process and then going into this relationship that obviously didn't pan out very well and it's just yeah. like and then you've got stuff with her kids going going on and it's just like yeah. obviously she was not ready to do this sort of interview and you know be her herself her true self and also kind of like the nini that we truly like fell in love with when we first saw her on you know the first season of of housewives of atlanta mm-hmm. so I'm so happy that she said that because yeah. it just it just highlighted like the growth and self awareness that she's gone through like the last few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It was beautiful to see. And 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 speaking of like season one, when she said that what they had made season one, I was was just, like, I didn't think that they made a shed load of money, but ten thousand dollars for three months filming i thought that that was criminal she's making less money than most people would make on a nine-to-five job yeah basically like they 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 were shooting for three months and they made ten thousand dollars could you imagine and then you've got to pay tax on that 
Right. So really, they made they made nothing. They made no money. Yeah. They made no money, and she did say that they didn't make any real money until season four. Mm. Um, and the thing is, it 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 all it kind of highlighted, you know, even what's going on right now with like the strikes and stuff. Mm. Um, but I know mm. that there's also a separate conversation being had around like reality stars and where they sort of fit in with all of this. Exactly. But there definitely is like a lot of exploitation going on, and by her own admission, some of this was down to the fact that you know they were new to this, you know, that they didn't know what they were doing and i also think that many people didn't know how successful it would be mm, um mm. so they blew up essentially and nobody could have foreseen that so mm. i guess it was all right like she said they were just having fun filming because they really were housewives yeah they were bored i would imagine and this was something new and exciting to do they probably would have done it for free and then and to be honest they actually they really did if you think about it yeah if you think about that that she said that they did a pilot with just um, is it her, her Sheree and Kim and um, Deshaun and um, Lisa weren't in that pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I presume they probably made that pilot for free. Yep. And then pitched it. Exactly. So in terms of like, I guess, the first season, something that Carlos said about when Nini broke the fourth wall when do you remember the scene where she got to Sheree's house and she was basically like rejected? Yeah. And she looks at the camera and she's basically like, um, hello. <laughs> I love that moment. Do you, know, do you know what's funny? This current season of Housewives is so bad that I've gone back to season one and I've and I've and I've, and I've, and I've <laughs> seen this episode I saw this episode a few weeks ago. I'm like at the reunion of season one now, but right. I saw the episode a few weeks ago and I was washing the dish. No, I was washing the dishes, and I almost fell over laughing. When she I'm telling you, like, do you see these cameras following me? Like, I'm a housewife. Like, what the hell? Oh, so funny, so it, funny. On yeah, like, were you rewatching it? Like, I do that as well every couple of years. Like, I I rewatch from the beginning, and mm. I think I'm going to join you because I have really struggled to watch this this season it's so boring it's so dull that <laughs> i just i it's not I, it's not even a struggle watch for me anymore like i can't even do that honestly i watch it now when it when it when it um when it comes on amazon i literally put it by the the sink when i'm washing the dishes and it's got to the point where i just walk out of the room and i'm not listening to it and i come back and i just carry on and i don't even rewind it anymore yeah yeah like i used to like honestly like make sure I carved out time in my evening got my snacks ready like that was my time I looked forward to it every week that was my time now I think I probably have a good couple episodes that I have not seen because I just can't be bothered oh yeah yeah I batch watch it now I haven't got time to be looking at every week yeah whereas I would back in the day oh my days I would be whatever day it was I can't remember Monday Tuesday night whatever when it was released I was there so who do you think were the stars of the show like from the ogs like because nini obviously has her opinions but who do you think were were the stars of the show i think everyone it was an ensemble right it was an it was like yeah yeah all of these housewives doing their thing everyone had their own you know their own little quirk their own little thing but nini was the breakout star so the question just doesn't really fit for this franchise 
it may, it may, it may, it may work like now for like uh, out of season. What season are we now? 15, 16? Mm-hmm. Like, I think fifteen. I think fifteen. Like, who's the star? Who who's the star? It's like, yeah, that's fine. But Nini, you cannot, you cannot say that Nini is the breakout star from the entire franchise. Yes, you can have your favorites, but the star, the star of the show, is Nini. Think about this: every episode of the recent season of Housewives that's currently airing, every time the episode airs, Nini's name is trending. And Nini hasn't been part of Housewives in like years, mm-hmm. so who's the star? And and you and I, and I you know that it you know that it burns Sheree. Oh, of course it burns her. Yeah. And it was it was funny when she was when she was talking about how um Sheree was just like ordinary, like she was just like regular, and I, she was talking about how um she was kind of like becoming the star, but everyone else was just like kind of trying to find their place, and they couldn't find it. And then she was kind of like rising up. And then when she kind of got to that fame level, I think that's when everyone started to, you know, try to pit other people against her. And I think you kind of saw that as well, yeah. especially in the, um, I think, was it season three or four? You know, when they have Manini and Sheree were in the, uh, they were in the bar and she was talking about how Nini was stealing Sheree's money. Yeah, yeah. And then she was saying, oh, I'm 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 really a rich bitch. Mm-hmm. I think it was that that era that you kind of saw people like constantly trying to like argue with Nini just to kind of like get like a buzz or to get yeah. something from the from the show to get a storyline. I I also just think that they did not believe that Nini would be a star because she said it that she felt like the underdog. And mm. I think that they did that. They did think that because, like she said, Sheree was living in a huge house. So was Deshaun. They actually had, at least from what it looked like, they had money. They were wealthy. Mm. Um, and out of all of them, Nini wasn't the most wealthy. She was probably the more modest out of all of them in the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I think that they didn't think much of Nini. Um, so I think that there was probably a lot of maybe a jealousy that was going on. Um, oh yeah, of course, because one of them is it Deshaun? Yeah. Like in see in season one, her entire thing was I've got so much money, and you know I'm trying to find stuff. I'm trying to find a maid. I'm trying to find yeah, yeah. Play, I'm trying to find this to kind of like run the house. And then Sheree was like. Oh yeah, I love fashion. Fashion is my thing, you know. I love buying clothes. Like everything is everything is labels, labels, labels. And then yeah. Nini is just like, "Hey, bitch, it's Nini. It's just me. Yeah. <laughs> it's stripper, but now my my husband's taking care of me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, like, uh, of course, I of course, all, <laughs> of course, all of these other women are going to be like, uh, and it and it's at this time, like two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, where everything's about oh you have to be classy you can't be ratchet you know black women can't be arguing with each other blah 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 and then yeah. just like bitch um yeah. i'm here to be me and I, I and she really and she spoke about that in the interview about how she just decided to be herself and mm. to her credit that 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 worked like people were able to connect because she funny was that, right funny it. that be well, yourself and everything works out fine just be yourself like there's a there's a very huge lesson there it's about you know being who you are and 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 something she said really stuck with me when she said that you know when she 
when she's not being herself, she's not comfortable. And, and, and that can, and that can actually, you can see that when somebody isn't comfortable, it can be quite obvious in someone's body language and the way that they relate to other people. But you could tell that she was being herself because she was relaxed. She was genuine. She was funny and everything just happened with such ease. Like it didn't feel forced. Mm. And I think she was just a breath of fresh air. And that was what was just so like lovable about her. Um, She was asked a question about when did she think things changed on Real Housewives? Mm. And I'm interested to know whether you agree with her perspective on when it changed or whether if you have a different. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Because you can just tell when everything is just being extra for extra sake. Yeah. and people are playing up for the cameras and like i i wasn't born yesterday um i've been watching reality tv since like the night is like mm-hmm. i remember watching the very first big brother in like what was it 2000 yep i remember, I remember... Oh, good times you know what i mean like i remember i, I was too young to watch it but i remember like watching episodes of uh, the real world mtv mm-hmm. like proper proper like og the first reality yes, tv OG show. Reality TV. so all of the shit that we're watching now like it doesn't phase me i know it's highly produced highly edited you know people are they're doing like voiceovers on certain parts and people aren't actually talking like i get it i get it and that's why it's all entertainment for me but i definitely noticed that the season where kenya and Portia came on everything I mean, it was entertaining, but you yeah. definitely noticed the difference. And I'm sorry, that, that first, Kenya's first boyfriend, or was it when they went to Angola and she was like, she was Angola. literally begging, begging for this guy to marry her. And you could just tell, like, he doesn't want to marry her. He doesn't really like her. Like, the connection isn't there. Like, you, when you watch the TV and you see a couple, you know the connection is there. Or you know that it's a genuine relationship. Even if there's no connection, you know... It's a genuine relationship because we know that Drew Sedora and her husband now, you can tell that they're in a they're a real couple, but you know I know we know deep down it's not gonna it's not gonna work out later on. But yeah. at I least mean, yeah, with them, we saw that from the beginning and obviously exactly. now we know that that's that's all done and dusty. Yeah, but you we know that they're a real couple, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But that whole season where they went to Angola and there were Kenya was acting up, acting up and like wasn't she like flirting with Apollo and stuff like that? Do you know what? Fair enough. Like Kenya is extra and it's her first season on the show. So she's going to, you know, everyone acts up on their first season when they come in. But yeah, I definitely noticed it. Definitely mm-hmm. noticed it. Poor Portia. Like, oh God. I can't, until <laughs> this day, I can't believe that she was that stupid. I mean, I'm she sorry. came across as so, like, I really hate to use this word, but just really dumb. It was just, yeah. it, it wasn't even in a, in a funny dumb. Like it was just in a, it, it was, was embarrassing. Worrying. Yeah. It was a worrying dumb. It was just like, why, why don't you know these things? And how, how, how do you come from civil rights activists? Yeah. Stock, yeah. But you, you, but you have zero understanding about the world and how it works. Yeah. I, I found it just really embarrassing. As you yeah. said, like, um, I think, there are two things that that are true here i i agreed with nini's perspective actually um i thought that she was right it definitely did um because everything up until that point was real um Mm. and i think that that definitely did bring a different dynamic to the show because and also as a viewer 
because it was just like oh my god like this isn't real like then you start questioning thinking oh is anything else not real do you know what I mean like I think that definitely was a bit of a um like like Carlos said it definitely did change the temperature a bit but Mm. I also think it was true when he said that Kenya and Portia coming on saved the show oh yeah it was it was entertaining like I loved it like yeah I think I love it I love it yeah I think he was right I think Nini was reluctant to agree I think she does agree I just think she was reluctant to say because she kind of agreed in a roundabout way but I do think that the show was it was still really entertaining and I still really loved it but I definitely Mm. think that at that point something it needed to be injected with something with with some new blood and I think that this was one of the one of the occasions where they actually got it right in terms of bringing new people on the show. Mm. And, and, I, and I do get where Nini's coming from in terms of like feeling some way about it because mm-hmm. you're the only one there sitting there being honest and true to yourself. Right, right. These two people with no fault of their own because they come in and then producers are telling them to do stuff and it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to do yeah. what the producers say. But I, me too I would feel some type of way I've got the, these other people are coming in new producers are coming in telling them to act a fool and I'm sitting here just being myself like like she said like she she's just herself she doesn't need riders she doesn't need all these different things in her dressing room like I think she said all she does she shows up she asks for a bottle of water she does her thing leaves and then gets the check that's all she's yeah. there to do yeah, I've, I, I, me too. I'd feel a type of way where I just do my thing Absolutely. and I go. But you've got all these people doing extra, extra, read all about it in your face. Absolutely, and I think if people actually took their feelings out of it for a moment and actually looked at this, looked at this objectively and thought, right, if you had a hand in building something from the ground up, right, right. blood, sweat, and tears, like you, like I get it. It's her baby. And we all feel quite protective of things that we build. We feel quite protective of things that, you know, we're passionate about, that we've spent a lot of time. Like, we, everyone can at least relate to that. Mm. Like you have spent time nurturing something, building something. Like, it's a part of you. Like, I get why she was so protective of it, almost quite possessive at one point. Like, I get it. Because she had to work really hard. And she had to be herself. That's mm. all what that was required of her. So years down the line they weren't making any money they finally make money and then it's like these girls just come and are basically being fed storylines I can understand why she felt the way she did because he also did ask her about Phaedra joining the show Mm. and and I and I think that she struggled with new people joining the show and I'm and I'm I actually am glad that she was honest about that yeah it was obvious that she was yeah. And I think it was because she was so I think she has a deeper a deeper connection to the show than some of the other girls do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why she definitely did take it a lot harder when new people joined the show. And also, I think that when new girls joined the show, I think that for a lot of them, they were definitely trying to make a name for themselves. And the quickest way to do that was to pick a fight with Nini. Of course, because that would give you screen time. Mm-hmm. If you're on a reality TV show and you're getting 10% screen time, then what's the point of you being there? Right, exactly. So I I completely understand where she's coming from, and I appreciated her honesty around how she struggled with people joining the show, because, again, mm. it really did show her growth, and, and I didn't get a bitter vibe from her. I just felt that she was just... She said, look, she kept saying, at the time, 
this is how I felt because obviously now we know she has a really great relationship with Phaedra she's friends with Portia like this but that's just what she felt at the time yeah and Carlos was absolutely the right person to have this conversation with exactly exactly what I found interesting was when not interesting but when they got onto the discussion around like her kids and like Mm. kids being on these reality shows and we all know that her sons have struggled with different things throughout the years um Mm. and we now know that her eldest son um has an addiction problem and carlos asked her whether she felt that the show um did he ask whether it was the cause or whether um and she just sort of like well she doesn't think it was the main reason but she feels that it didn't help yeah of course and it did make me think about kids in general and being part of these things that they can't really consent to um Mm. and not just reality shows but even just more widely like youtube and these kind of things like you just make it just makes you wonder like what what kind of effects that's having on kids I mean, for me, I don't need to wonder, like, I know what impact it does. It's like, it's obvious. It's like there in our faces. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think we want to have honest conversations. A lot no. of us a lot of us just want to be doing, up. oh, you can't tell me what to do with my kids. And it's just like, well, when your child does X, Y and Z later on, don't mm-hmm. be coming onto the same internet to be crying onto the internet talking about, oh, my children, my children. Mm-hmm. It's like, fair enough, do what you want to do. But at the same time, there's a level... The internet, the internet is a wild, wild world. Reality TV is a wild, wild world. The entertainment industry is a wild world. And if you don't have the proper tools, knowledge, and support system around you to like protect and nurture your children in these environments, then you're gonna have to do a lot of work afterwards just just to maintain like their mental health, their yeah. well being, the way they see themselves the way they see their bodies, the way they see the world. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's not like how when we were kids and it was just TV, magazines, newspapers, films, and whatever we did outside. It's like kids have literally the entire world at their fingertips. And now you've got to put them in front of the cameras to be criticised or you're putting putting them in like your YouTube videos or up on social media. It's just like... I get it. We want we live a different life now and life is so fast paced and dynamic and we have to adapt to certain things. We have to adapt to technology and things like that. But if we don't take the time to like stop and sit back and just take a good bird's eye view of what's going on mm-hmm. in our homes, in our society, as it pertains to technology and, you know, being um, just so like out there and exposed and vulnerable for everyone to kind of like pick and prune what we do and how we live our lives then it's just it's not going to work out well so I think it's great that Nini kind of like was honest about it because we too it's like it's going to be it's a reflection on us as well and how you know we we bring up our children in an age where you know we can literally put ourselves online 24 hours a day if we want to the same way that reality tv stars do yeah yeah, I, I, yeah, I completely agree with you, and I, I did appreciate her honesty because, um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think she wants to directly say that it's, you know, it's the direct cause, but as she said, it definitely would not have helped. Mm. Um, I can't imagine being eleven, being twelve, like you remember what that's like. I can't remember. I can't. I can't remember. I can't imagine 
a microscope being on me at that age, something mm. I did not ask for, and the entire world is watching me in my home. Exactly. I just, I just can't imagine what that would feel like because even now as visible as I may appear online I still get really anxious about posting stuff um mm. part of the reason why I don't really post a lot on my grid because I don't really take a lot of pictures um and I'm trying to do more and I have actually been doing better at taking pictures but I struggle with posting it um yeah I don't I don't post a lot because yeah I just I don't know like I'm I I, I don't have a problem posting my words do you know what I mean? Like if I tweet mm. in front, I have no issue with that. Um, and I'm trying to get better at actually speaking on my stories about things that I'm passionate about because I'm trying to engage more on Instagram because a lot of my engagement is on Twitter. So I'm trying to do more on Instagram, but I still get really anxious about it um, mm. um, and putting myself out there. So I can't imagine being a child. Do you know what I mean? Like we choose to do this. Like we choose to put ourselves out there mm. and I am trying to navigate that the same way you, you were trying to navigate that the best way that you know how. And I have a choice. Mm. I can lock my page if I want. I don't need to tweet today if I don't want to, but kids do not get a choice. Exactly. And even I- Cynthia's daughter as well. We literally, when Cynthia's daughter went to university, we literally got a montage of Cynthia's daughter from when she was like what 12 13 all the way up to 18 and I was like wow the cameras have been following her daughter from when she was like a preteen all the way up to leaving the house to go to college and it's Mm -hmm. just like wow all on camera all on tape in Bravo's Mm -hmm. Bravo's cupboard for them to do whatever they want with literally now yeah they can do whatever they want with that footage and there's probably a lot of unseen footage that we you know that that exists and I don't know I just think sometimes some people don't want to be honest with themselves about Mm. the choices that they make and how they're going to affect their kids Mm. I have always been quite vocal online about kids having such an extensive digital footprint um Mm don't like it and I I yeah I've always been quite honest with that I don't like it I think that children should have autonomy and I think that they should be kept off the internet I don't like we know how disgusting the internet is and I just don't and we all and so many people love like the family vlogs and they love the family instagrams and stuff like that and I just I might like a a video here and there but I I genuinely don't like them because I just think it is exploitation, essentially. Mm. I think you're exploiting your kids and people don't like to hear that, but that's what you're doing. Mm. And I think um, Nini, look, looking back, I, she even said it, there are some things that she regrets mm. because it's affecting your kids today and that stuff yeah. will be on the internet forever. And it's sad because that that scene where she's cussing out one of the kids because mm-hmm. they're coming in late and not tidying up their room, that is... That scene is actually a whole meme. It's actually it it's actually quite a funny meme. That yeah. whole scene. Could you imagine? You <laughs> because we've all been there. That. We've all been there with our parents being like, bitch, you ain't shit because yep. you don't pay no money. You don't pay no rent. You don't you're pay no lazy. bills. Like, you're lazy. You're do lazy. You don't clean up your room. You don't cook no food. But yet you want to go out all night and come back in at any time in the morning. And who do you think? We've all been... We've all had that conversation with our parents. Mm-hmm. So we could all relate to it as as an adult and as a child. Right. But again, her coming back to the fact that 
that scene that was that is basically a meme she kind of like regrets doing that in front of the camera disciplining her children in front of the camera because now that's all over the world for people to see whenever they want yeah and it it haunts her son Mm. so you know i i I thought that that was a i i thought that that was an interesting part of the interview and i think that it gave it gave real perspective because nini is an icon um but I liked that they actually explored what that meant and at what cost. And mm. the fact that she did have regret on some things showed that, you know, she is human and she is also a mother first. And in hindsight, yes, absolutely, she would do things differently. Um, but I just think that it was it added a different perspective to the conversation around Nini and being her icon and what that meant. And actually, she's not just this meme. Because I think, because we use a lot of, her one-liners and i probably use a nini meme once a day if i'm being real like i'll be honest me too that like honestly like my most used memes are probably nini nini related and it's nini or or um tiffany pollard tiffany pollard yeah exactly and because we use them so much in the way we express ourselves online like even in conversations like you don't need to say anything you you could just send a meme and you know exactly what you're feeling and it can be that they can then become almost not human in a way because they become they, they're a meme yeah and yes. i thought that that part of the conversation definitely um human like humanized her i guess in a way mm. um and because, actually, because me- memes actually dehumanize people they and do. also they they don't have they don't get any financial benefit from them that they, they not one doesn't get any money from all the memes that we post not one cent, not one penny. Um, all of the words, you know, all the catchphrases and all the right. quirky things that she has said over the years, like she doesn't see any money from that. So I think it's very easy. Yeah, you're right to dehumanize these people, these reality stars, um, because of just the, the, the way we just use their memes and stuff with such ease. Um, mm. So watching the interview definitely did humanize her yeah. in a way. And it actually thought, wow, raw. I never thought about it like that. Like, cause yeah, I referenced that scene a lot, but actually there is two people in that moment. And one of them is now living with that for the rest of their lives. And it made me think, how would I have felt if my mum is telling me off and the entire world has seen it. And right. now, you know, 15 odd years later, mm. it's still something that people can see online. Mm. Cause That's- it is shameful when your parents tell you off, you do feel an element of shame because of course. you know you've done something wrong and now you're getting told off for it. And usually you're protected in your own home, but now it's being exposed for the entire world to see your shame. The whole world can see that you were you were stupid. Well, in HD back then, but 4K now. 4K, (laughs) 4K. There was a part. So as much as I love the interview, um, there was definitely a part of the interview that I just thought to myself, "What the actual hell?" Um, And as much as I love Carlos, I I was like, "Wait, pause." (laughs) <laughs> tell them tell them tell them well they got because on we, need to talk about it. we do we do and this does this needs you know a good amount of time because <laughs> like they were they got on to talking about her relationship with greg and you know G- greg was the breadwinner at the very beginning she was really a housewife right hmm. he made the money and she looked after the kids she was at home when housewives started to pick up and as we said around season four they started to make real money she didn't need to go to Greg anymore for money, right? And, you know, rest in peace. We all love Greg. He 
you know, they definitely had a great love, but he was a very traditional man. He was an OG. Like he was that quintessential, like old school guy who Mm. wanted to take care of his wife, wanted to be the breadwinner, head of the household, which he did for many, many years. So Mm. when when the roles reversed, that's when I guess there started to be issues in their marriage. Um, And Carlos asks her quest- a question around women emasculating their men once they become the breadwinner. And I, my eyebrows started to raise because I was like, where is he going with this? Let me tell you something, Carlos, yeah? Let's go. There are books that you need to read. And when you're reading those books, you can keep your mouth closed because there's no such thing as emasculating or emasculation or emasculating a man. because emasculation is just insecurity that's all it is there's nothing wrong with a man being traditional there's nothing wrong with a man being a breadwinner there's nothing wrong with a man wanting to take care of his family and his home a man taking care of his family his home is a beautiful beautiful thing but it's also the bare minimum but because we have been conditioned regardless of your sexuality if you're a man you are conditioned to believe that you are the head of the household, you've got to have a high-powered job, you've got to have X amount of money, and you've got to take care of everyone everyone, because that's your job. You've got to take care of the household. What you're not supplied with when you grow up as a man is the emotional intelligence to look after yourself when you don't have the money coming in or you can't provide, when things go wrong, when someone else actually comes and provides for you. All of these things are absolutely fine, but do not come onto the internet or bring up a microphone to your mouth to talk about women emasculating men, because it's not a thing. Sometimes, you know, shit happens and you lose your job. And you know what's going to happen? Your partner is going to come to the table and be like, right, I got you. Why? Because that's what happens in a relationship. That's what happens in a partnership. That's what happens in a marriage. It's two people coming together as one to support each other and to support a family. It's not about, oh, I can't take care of my family, so I'm not a man anymore. You're still a man. You just can't take care of your family at this point in time. Let your partner, you know, do the heavy lifting until you sort yourself out. There's nothing wrong with it. All it is is just insecurity, and you haven't unpacked and gotten rid of that insecurity that you've been conditioned with as a man. It's very simple. And I want everyone to kind of like take that home and unpack it, do the necessary reading, do the necessary not talking, and just, you know, kind of like get over this this bullshit because I'm exhausted with cishet people, especially when it comes to talking about, you know, traditional relationships. And please you lot have it so good just go and enjoy yourselves and get over you know the gender role things that you guys are subscribing to if you want to subscribe to it great but just have some common sense because at the end of the day if you're a man and you're bringing in 100k your partner could bring bringing in 60k that means you've got 160k in the house it's not just about you it's about what both of you bring into the relationship So rather than just thinking about yourself, think about what 
both of you bring to the table, whether it's financially, emotionally, you know, whatever. It's about a partnership. It's not about you. So let's put the emasculation thing to bed so that we can all enjoy our lives instead of pissing me off on the internet. Speak on it. And you know what the frustrating thing with it was is Carlos is gay. Like, right? what are you talking about? Like, I was just like, huh? Like, right? and you've you always got a few. Yeah. And I've seen it before. You've always got a few queens that are out there that are like, yeah, but the man is a bitch, please. Just I, relax. Just like, as if, I said, wait, wait, like, relax. no, like, I was just like, wrong turn. Like, what do you, right? what, what do you mean? Like, and do you know, and oh, and there was another thing as well that I just was like, okay, why are we talking like this when he kept talking about his African? Oh my God. I was a bit uncomfortable. Was another thing. It was like, are, yeah. are you, are you like a colonial kind of like slave yeah. master sort of, you know? I, I was a bit, un- I was a bit uncomfortable with that. because an African they- before anyone else, before any of you had an African. I've had mine for 18 years. I was just like, please, um, I'm please, so sorry. Please, Carlos. Like, when he first said it, I thought, okay, all right, little joke. Like, but then he just kept saying it, and I just thought to myself, okay, why are we doing this? Like, it just, it just made me feel a bit icky. I think it was more than icky because, again, dehumanizing your partner for eighteen yeah, years. That that I just felt because I didn't because I didn't actually know that Carlos was was married. I didn't know that, so. When, because I just so when he was like, yeah, like you guys have been married. I thought you're talking about your husband like that. Like what the actual hair? Right. Like that made me feel a bit icky. I was just like, no, um, yeah. So that was just no. I was like, pause. So yeah, I just, <laughs> I just thought to myself, but like, she as a Nigerian woman as well, it would yeah. make sense. I, was just like, no, what? I said, no, no, sorry. What is his name? Like, what are we doing here? Like, let's not do that. Um. I just, I felt the whole, like, everything you said about the whole emasculate, I just felt that, because even Nini said it, she just said that she thought that she was making things easier for them. Because even though Greg... Yes, I love the way, I love the way she spun it. Yeah, because it wasn't about her sticking it to him. It Mm. was about her, like, wow, like, because even though he was the breadwinner, they weren't wealthy. Do you know Mm. what I mean? Like, Like she said, they were just living kind of check to check. Like, they were making ends meet. You know, they were all right like they were reason living reasonably well but they weren't like wealthy or anything Mm. so when she started to make real money in her mind it's like well i'm like making life easier for us yeah the problem was with greg the problem was not nini and i think it's we really need to make uh, make sure we get that because a lot of women will will struggle with this because even the example that Carlos gave about somebody he knows who goes out of her way to make her man feel wanted by pretending she can't do this or pretending she can't you're just you are just feeding the insecurity that's your business like that that is your entire business B like (laughs) I'm so sorry like I'm gonna make my money yeah and I'm gonna be me that sounds like hard work like limiting yourself just so that your your partner can be can feel can feel like powerful because that's all it is it's about power it is about power you're diminishing your power so that your partner the man can have the power that he feels entitled to as opposed to the power that he's earned or do you know what i mean yeah 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 why should i make why should i make my feel myself small 
to make you feel better about yourself like right. for me that is a terrible relationship like that is not a relationship that I would ever want to be in because I just think that like you need to have you need to be with someone who celebrates you who encourages you to be the best that you can be and sometimes being the best that you can be means that you might shine brighter than yeah. your partner being the best that you can be can sometimes mean being better than me. And you know right. what? That's cool because that better than me money that you're making is actually coming back into our household. Thank you. Like yes. I said before, you could be making 100K, your partner could be making 60K, but in your yeah. house, you're all making 160K. Right. So what is not clicking in the brain cells? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I feel really bad some, like because th- this is definitely something and you know and we, we don't have time to get into it today but we do you know I have read articles of you know of really high-powered really ambitious women who struggle dating because mm. there are men who struggle with that who are uncomfortable with their with a woman being as powerful as she is being as ambitious as she is earning as much as she does not actually really needing you for anything do you know what I mean like it, and men I, are really struggling to like we're, we're in an era now where there's a lot more divisive divisiveness now because yeah. a lot of men are struggling and a lot of women that cape for these men are are struggling as well and it's yeah. just like guys come on like it can life could be so much better if you just you know got with the program and just you know yeah. live and let go and just you know relax like chill it's not a competition it's, it's not really a competition it's not a, it's not every day break your neck just to make 100k so you can look after your your partner please uh-huh. but it, but it's it's just always going to boil down to what you said and it's about that insecurity and mm. i think that those are very dangerous relationships to be in because if you're in a relationship where you don't feel like you can be the best version of yourself mm. then that is a re- is a massive red flag right. and it, it also isn't about, you know, financial stuff. Like, I may not necessarily need my husband fi- financially. Like, I mean, I, but there are other ways in which he enriches my life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not all about finances. Like, yeah. you know, I, I can at least say that we're both blessed to actually have really good jobs. So I don't necessarily need him in mm. that perspective. But there are definitely in other ways that I lean on him. Mm. And I know that there are certain things that I've been through in my life that I probably could not have got through that without him. Mm. And I'm pretty sure when you look at your relationship, it's the same thing. Like, oh, there are, there, do you know what I mean? Like, we feed off of each other. There are certain things that we know that, yes, with this person, I know I can do this because they bring this to the table. Um, but a lot of it always boils down to the financial aspect. And that, for me, is just a no. No, no, no. Because just because you are rolling in the dough today, as we have seen, because we are living in a cosy lives. Mm. It might not be the same tomorrow, and if that's all your relationship is based on, then at your, then it's not going to last. And that's what, and that's exactly what Nini said about Joe. You yep. know, the guy that bought her the watch. She was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, it was great. I loved being able to spend whatever I wanted. I loved the shopping sprees. It was great. It was like a little high, but it. I needed more than the money. I needed there was something else that wasn't there, and that's why yeah. the relationship didn't work. Mm-hmm. And I love, I actually love that she actually talked about that because even that, that was a meme, isn't it? Like, bitches be mad, bling, bling. Yeah, bling, bling, bling. <laughs> bitches mad. Like, <laughs> and, 
and when she when she because she because she said that it was an enjoyable time in her life yeah but when it came down to it it was just like okay what now yeah what next? Exactly. do you know what i mean and you know we all know that her and greg eventually got back together and you know god bless mm. his soul and that was that um but when, when she said that she now needs to be with a man who earns more than her mm. i felt a little bit sad and I, but i get it i mean especially in america like there's just this thing where if you've got money then it's better it seems like i i don't know i'm i'm not i don't live in america and i don't have lots of money but it just seems from what i see that a lot of people are just like i'm at a certain tax bracket and things are just easier if i'm partnered with someone that's in my tax bracket because then money isn't an issue do you know what i mean for some reason well for straight people anyway like money is a big thing i think because of the because of the power dynamic that comes when men and women come together in a relationship, like money is always going to be part of that power dynamic. So you you will yeah. see a lot of people who do have a high tax bracket are like, listen, let me just be with someone at a high tax bracket just so that money isn't an issue so that we can actually enjoy ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I get it. Like, I think that it's sad. Um, but... We would be, yeah, we would be silly to sit here and pretend that money does not play a <laughs> factor in relationships because even the be- even the best of relationships even the most secure like yeah money can or can be an area of contention for any relationship mm. so and it's and it's wise to to acknowledge that and not pretend that that isn't something that can get in the way because it's, especially if you're struggling if you're not struggling if you're really wealthy like money's it's, it make money makes the world go around in it we live yeah. in a capitalist society so it is what it is but when she spoke about finding love again um i really hope that she does because she is still relatively young do you know she what is. i mean she looks amazing like she is still very young and she was widowed very young and that is mm. a shame um but i do hope at least for her sake that she is able to find love again she doesn't think that she will find the kind of love that she had with greg but that's okay mm. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that if you're able to in your lifetime experience one great love, I think you're very lucky. Yeah, no no one is going to like she said before, she was with him from like her 20s and 30s and 40s like mm-hmm. it's not cuz she's not going to have a relationship like that again, obviously, of but not. of course of everyone deserves to find happiness whether it's by themselves or with someone else. So yeah, I hope she finds someone and she is happy and she can live her rich bitch life. Absolutely. Um, I I did like that they briefly touched on her relationship with Yanni. Mm. You know, she that famous line of hers, um, close your legs to married men. (laughs) And there was speculation that he was married. Mm. And that line, I guess, came back to bite her. But I I mean, she cleared it up, I guess. Um, She cleared cleared it up very well. She got very serious. And she was like, look. He was technically married, but he was separated from his wife mm-hmm. and happily dating the right way that you date when you are technically married. You separate mm-hmm. and then you do whatever you need to do. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fair enough. And and then, and then she said, and as of this moment, today, he's divorced. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, okay, Miss Leakes. Like, <laughs> she, she was just like, look, this is, look, I don't know what he was telling his wife. But this right. is what he told me. Yeah. Um, 
And, and who am I to be going to to the wife to ask to confirm anything? Um, there you go. Um, I thought it was interesting when Carlos asked her whether she felt he was using her, and she she didn't say outright yes, but she d- she did say that. I mean, it didn't really. He loved it. He lapped it up. Mm. Um, and I do Apparently, think the word on the street is he's a clout chaser. Well, I mean, I do think there's something to be said of someone who is quite happily to chase after someone whose husband died one month prior. Um, I think that she obviously was in a very fragile time, in a very fragile moment. And, you know, two, she did say that he did help her grieve. And she said Mm. it it was a distraction for her. Like, you know, if he said, we're going to go here today, she went. We're going to pack, we're going to go here, she went. Mm. And from what I could tell, she needed a distraction, which is why they were flying here, there and everywhere. Yeah. Um, But personally, for me, there's something to be said for someone who, you know, gets with someone so soon after. Like, it's almost as if, like, he saw an opportunity, saw someone who was probably quite fragile, quite vulnerable, was maybe craving something to distract her or whatever and he quite happily filled that filled that void Mm. i mean do you know what people enter and leave your lives for a reason and maybe Mm -hmm. that's what yanni was for just a distraction to help her you know even process and you know what that's okay it is it is that's why i didn't that's why i didn't like i didn't criticize or anything like that because i just was like i can't imagine what that is like to be with someone with you because like even with me now and my husband like I have been with him since my early 20s right right I'm in my mid-30s now so and I you know I hope and pray that we grow old together but you know looking at what happened to Mimi like being with someone in your 20s your 30s your 40s like I can't imagine being widowed that young and then now having to navigate like like it's so I have I have no judgment here no judgment like whatever she needed to get through that time absolutely no judgment and you're right he he happily filled that void for her they did what they needed to do for that time she flew around the world she was living a lady of leisure and he helped her get through it and that's absolutely fine I mean, what a way to be distracted. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I want to, yeah, be flewed out. Like, I don't, I don't really? mind being flewed out. <laughs> <laughs> I want mind. And as she said, I mean, he makes decent money. So it wasn't like they were struggling. So, but yeah, I, I hope for her sake that, yeah, she does get with, wanted to go with some wealthy man and he just takes care of her. And yeah, she, she lives out the rest of her life in enjoyment mm. because she, she's earned it. And I think that just going back to what we said at the beginning, I just, I think that this is the Nini that I think everybody fell in love with at the very beginning. It's just, it's the new, it's, and it, but it's a improved version because she obviously looks a lot better. Um, She says that she's a lot happier now. She could be happier, but she, you know, she's happy. This is the, the growth that she needed time to, to do that. Mm. And Carlos was always only going to be the right, person to, to do that yeah. um we're gonna like i guess succumb to a close because we're almost at time but also there is part two and as i said at the time when this drops i think part two will be live and i'm really looking forward to part two because there's so much more that they could have talked they could talk about mm. and i'm interested to see where else they're going to go with this interview 
but it was a 10 out of 10 interview so far and much better than anything we are currently seeing on the real housewives of atlanta um do would you want to see nini back on the show i don't want to see nini back on the housewives of atlanta what i want for housewives of atlanta to do is either cease to exist liquidate, <laughs> liquidate all assets and rest in peace or just get new housewives get get a group of six six to eight women aged 35 to 45 get some fresh blood in there that's all that needs to happen as for nini i think it just goes to show with everything that i've said nini always trending when housewives is on she hasn't been on housewives for years the fact that this video has got half a million um, views already on youtube alone not even talking about the podcast views half a million views on youtube alone like nini is still she's still that girl she's still that bitch like she's a reality tv gold and she's still in demand and i think that she still hasn't reached her full potential and she just needs to partner with someone to actualize that because i know that she was in that what is it that 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 show where people go back to college or whatever. Like, bitch, no, Nini doesn't need to be in some stupid show where she goes back to college. She's 55 years old. She's not going back to college. She just needs to partner with someone to, like, really actualize her full potential so we can see the Nini that we love to see on TV and she can be the Nini that she can be on TV, which is herself. I, that, I mean, you made some points. Um... I think, do you know what? I, I really hate the way things ended with Nini, Bravo, Andy. Um, I really do. I think that it just really does bother me because, God, I said that like I know her, but I just think that, like, just, just like, I'm probably like, oh my God, this bothers me. Um, as, a, as an OG fan, I'm just like... No, I, really... I, I, I feel where you're going with this and, yeah, I'll let you go and I'll respond. Yeah, I just... I just, I really hate the way that it ended. And I also hate that she did not get support when she went up against Bravo because I don't, because she wasn't lying. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, could it have been handled differently? I don't know, maybe, but I just, I just don't like that she did not get the, the, she didn't get support. Like, because she, she built Real Housewives. Like, I don't care what anyone thinks. We know this for a fact. She built Real Housewives, right? It would not be what it is today without, we wouldn't have Potomac, right? if it wasn't for Atlanta. So for me, what I would like to see happen is that I would like to see them apologise. And this is me, that wildest dreams type thing, because it it probably is not going to happen. But I do think that she should get the recognition and an apology. And I do think that there should be some repairing of relationships here, that they need to apologise because her impact is undeniable. And I just hate the way that it ended. Do I want to see her back on the show? I think it would be nice. Is it going to happen? Probably not. I think that they need to flush out everyone that's on the show right now. That's for sure. I think the only person I probably would keep may be Kenya. Um, mm. But I think Candy, bless her heart, I do love her. But I think we need to just like wrap that up now. Like just right. pack it up, flat screen. Like it's enough, right? The whole yeah. Mama Joyce thing. Like it's it, please. It's enough. So if I was to keep someone, like maybe Kenya. Um, it would be nice to see some of the OGs back um, because there's so much going on in their lives at the moment 
that would make great TV. It's like what Nini said, like real shit, real stuff. Like, you know, Nini's actually going through real stuff. Like she's grieving. Like, and, I, and I'm, I'm not trying to say this like I'm some type of pariah, but like it's real stuff. And I think that people want to see real stuff. And at the moment, what we're seeing is just manufactured bullshit. So mm. in an ideal world, I would like to see Nini apologised to and that recognition from Bravo and from Andy. As I said, is it going to happen? Probably not, but that's what I would like to see. Mm. Okay. Now, I feel you. I feel you. On on Nini being right about Bravo all along, let me be clear. There were a lot of you on Clubhouse in 2020. I remember it like it was yesterday. There were a lot of you on Clubhouse. And when Nini came out and was talking about how Andy Cohen is, Andy Cohen and the producers are being racist. They're being like horrible to people behind the scenes. I've been pushed out of the thing that I built. And she was going online and she was talking the way she was talking because, you know, like you said, she's built this thing that she's built and then she was ousted. So she's going to react the way she wants to react because it's the house that she built. A lot of you were on Clubhouse in 2020. 2021 talking about how she shouldn't be talking like this there's a way to do this you know you're in the entertainment industry you need to toe the line and do this and this and this bitch instead of you to just support the black woman that has been ousted from the show that she built you're talking about how she should toe the party line how she should act and now the same people that were talking then are going to be watching this interview and then going to be like, oh my God, she was right. Listen, I'm all about growth. I don't want to see your growth. I don't want to see your, oh my God, she was right all along. Because the time when she needed your support, you were there criticising. The same thing with Monique. Monique said, look, they're paying XYZ 100 million and they're giving me, what, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 million. Please, can we do something? Can you boycott Netflix? Everyone was like, she needs to she needs to take the 10 million and do I'm not gonna yeah, she needs to chill. Monique asked you for the support and it's only like how many years later you're like, oh my god, we should have really I don't care about your growth. I'm glad that you've got it, but I don't want to hear about your growth. Please just be on the right side of history at the right time. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. Because even now, like I think um What's it? You know, you were talking about um, how reality TV stars are now coming up to, you know, demand, they're starting to unionise and demand more mm-hmm. from the entertainment industry. And yeah. I think there was a reality star called Bethany. She was a reality yeah, Bethany, star. Yeah, Bethany Frankel, she she, she did a video and Nini was actually asked about the, her thoughts on what Bethany said. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, Nini, so if you have, yeah, people go and watch yeah, it. And Nini basically said, do you know what? I'm really happy that someone like Bethany is talking about this because I've been talking about this for years, but no one seems to listen to me. But I'm really happy that Bethany is talking about it. So I think everyone should go and support Bethany. And I'm like, I'm glad someone white is saying it. Yeah, yeah. Because we all know, because we all know, like if Nini's going to say something, it's oh, she's too loud, she's too aggressive, she can't, Mm -hmm. shouldn't be doing this because she's not going to get, but when Bethany sits up there, prim and proper, la-di-da, oh now okay, we want to listen to her, okay fine and that's why I loved what she said she said, don't talk to me about it go and support her, because you don't know how to support the people that you need to support, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, yes yes, 
you do not know how to support the people that you support. So it's great that you're that you're probably going to be looking at it saying, oh, she's right, she's right. But please, if we'd supported the people that we needed to support before, then maybe maybe she would have had a better relationship with Andy and Bravo now. Maybe. Maybe she might have got the apology. Maybe she even might have been on an episode or two. Uh, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And on that note, um, so... I've really enjoyed this chatter. Like I look, me and Dem love Real Housewives. As we always say we are OG fans. Um, we've watched it from day one, and I'm looking forward to part two. Um, we're gonna, we're just gonna spotlight the episode. Like if you have not seen it, and if you are a fan of Real Housewives of Atlanta, then you will know about Nini. No matter how we feel about Nini, we know that that is the house that Nini built. Go and watch it. It's on YouTube. Go and watch it, please. It It's the best hour and a half that you will watch. And if you've been struggling with the current season, trust me, thank us later. Please. Because this makes up, this makes up for it. So <laughs> go and watch it. And by the time this comes out, part two will be up. And then obviously we will do a little review of part two. But yeah, we. I'm so glad that Carlos was able to give Nini her flowers in that episode. Yeah. And just tell her how much he adored her because I think that's really important to do. We speak a lot about serious topics on this platform and we often do talk about how black women often and, and even just black people, we often have to work, you know, really hard, like ten mm. times harder for like half of the recognition. And it's nice when black women are actually given their flowers while they're still here. Right. You know, everyone has everything to say when people are no longer here, but it was nice that she got that in that moment and I could tell that it meant a lot to her. It did, it did. And I'm glad that she got to do it with a friend that she's known yep. for years that has mm-hmm. been through the process Absolutely. and was with her from the beginning because that, that's where the magic happens in this interview. Mm-hmm. You can't fake you can't fake that kind of chemistry. Like, right? You can't fake it. it. It was just natural and it oozed through that TV screen when I was watching it. I was busting up with them. Like, I heard bitch so many times. I was just like, oh my God, I just feel like I'm in the room with them. Like, loved it. Absolutely oh. loved it. So yeah, go and watch it, guys. Um, And just very, very quickly, before we sign off for another week, I just we just want to say and just pay our respects to Sinead O'Connor, who this week, unfortunately, we heard that she had passed away. Mm. Um yeah iconic Sinead O'Connor like the first you know activist OG standing up and you know the act of resistance like she did it in a time when it was unheard of to do it backlash backlash she literally got backlash to the point where she couldn't be she couldn't make music anymore nope nope she did it when yeah it 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 just was not fashionable to do it like you just did not do it so we want to just sign off and pay our respects to Sinead O'Connor, like iconic song, nothing compared, like I love that song um, mm. and yeah, it was Nothing Compares to You is a beautiful song and every all the tributes and everything that I'm reading online, it, it she was a beautiful soul and I pray that she's at peace now, so yeah, rest in peace Sinead rest O'Connor. In peace. She, is. she died on the right side of history mm-hmm. unlike some of you that are being inconvenienced by uh, just the poor protesters just because you want to get your kids to school but anyway, let's move on let's move on and we're going to sign off by saying guys, please, be on the right side of history yeah, because history does not lie 
Mm. All right, everyone. So have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you're not already following us on all of our socials, please do engage with the content. We love you guys for sharing, for liking, all of that good stuff. Take care of yourselves and we will be back with another episode next week. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.